0: Hi, it's Rainy G. So the conventions are over, as if uh, that was the most important thing happening in all the world and in all of our lives. Um, Both candidates have spoken. Neither one has said anything I want to hear actually, but the one who said the least actually said the most, and it's not what I wanted to hear. The first convention, the Republican convention, Uh, Being a veteran, I was pretty upset that there really was no mention of the military whatsoever. And um, hmm, I thought that the military were mostly conservative. That wasn't a good idea, was it, to just kind of gloss over them or or not mention them? That reason being that neither one of these candidates ever served in the military, which is um, now a new precedent because Clinton didn't. He ran away, and Obama sure didn't. He couldn't because his selective service card is illegal. And now we have Romney and Ryan who aren't illegal, are good Americans, I think, but um, weren't called to serve and didn't feel the need to serve because they were doing other things. Okay, right now we do need a chief executive officer, of the United States Corporation, which is really what it is. So Romney gets my vote there. Now let's talk about the other guy who got up on that podium after everybody played him up. Even Biden gave a fairly good speech, although full of all kinds of lies and deceptions. But this is the great orator who apparently wrote his own speech because it was the worst speech anybody gave out of both conventions. And yet, it was one that he's given over and over again. If you really, really are being a good American and you're listening and paying attention, you can go on YouTube or just go on Facebook and ask somebody. They'll give you sound bites or full videos of this man giving states of the union addresses and uh, rally addresses and anything else that he does on TV or whatever. I I tried to watch him last night because I have to watch both sides, but... uh, Halfway through, I was ready to play solitaire or something. I've heard it all before. I have listened to the Empty Promises, and he said, just give me four more years, and we'll keep on doing it. Anybody in their right mind would say, hell no, but the people in that audience, oh, yeah, let's do that, and they're crying. They're crying because their Savior's still here, the man who will give them everything for nothing until he runs out of everything and has nothing. And then what are they going to do? Um, I mean, I couldn't... The only thing that really caught my attention were the same words that caught my attention in 2008 when he continuously said he was going to fundamentally change the United States of America, and nobody heard that. What they thought that meant was, oh boy, no wars, and and, uh, he'll pay my mortgage, and he'll pay for school, and he'll do all this stuff. They didn't understand that the fundamental change was from a free republic with a free market system and the idea that, although he said last night we have inalienable rights granted to us by our creator, I'm not sure who he believes the creator is, since he is Muslim, and um, he can lie about all that stuff because of Sharia law and taqiyah, but uh, (laughs) that we have these rights... As individuals, but then all he talks about is the collective, and these people are, you know, clapping. I don't think they have a clue what he's talking about. They're still in love with the man because I'll take, I'll get his back, and he'll have mine. They even passed out buttons that said, "Once you vote black, you never go back." Uh, all right, so that means if we have white and Native American and Hispanic and Asian people running for office. If there's no black, then you don't vote. Or if there's a black woman or man who is totally opposed to everything you believe in because they're black, you vote for black. That's not racist to anybody? I didn't see those buttons at the Republican convention. Now, am I a Republican? No, I am not. I'm an independent. I'm a moderate conservative. I guess. In most areas. And then you pick a couple issues that are... um, something that you know caused a lot of people to (laughs) to turn into people that they weren't before like gay marriage or homosexuality or um, abortion or marijuana you take all those issues and and I will defend the right for anybody to love whoever they want do I defend gay marriage I think it's stupid it's an institution that was built to provide for the churches to provide for religion and, uh, and to provide for wars that the churches were actually financing and part of. So why would anybody in the gay community want to be part of that institution except to get the tax breaks and the perks? Well, if we changed the whole tax code so that we didn't have all these perks going to certain places and certain people and certain groups, then nobody would worry about it and we wouldn't have that as an issue. Abortion, I was uh, a little bit of a radical in the 60s and 70s because people, uh, then it was not legal to have abortions anywhere. So, of course, the radicals were much more radical then, saying, stop the coat hanger stuff. But now it's legal. The, the Supreme Court says that abortion is legal. So why even have this as an issue? That should, first of all, between be between a woman and God, or her creator, or whoever she believes in. Um. And especially if this woman was raped or it was incest, if there's any kind of creation going on with this child that was full of violence and not creativity, if that woman wants to get an abortion, hey, you do it. But the way abortion is now, is like, I'll go out and do anything I want, says any woman in the world, with anyone I want, and then if I decide I don't want the consequences, which is a child, I'll just go abort it. So, you know, I mean, that's irresponsibility in my mind. It has nothing to do with which person you vote for, for president of the United States. The president's job has nothing to do with any of this. The president's job, if you read it, is very limited. Very limited, because he represents an electorate, and that is supposed to be all the people, but uh, you've seen what's happened over the past whenever, however many number of years, that once a president gets in, he thinks that he's only supporting his, his platform from his party, And the rest of us, the other 49% that didn't get him in or whatever, are left out in the cold. So there's always going to be half of the country that doesn't get their needs met. Unless you get somebody who understands that there's moderation and that you have to help both sides because we're all Americans. And we haven't seen that really very much. Even when Bush got into office, I was totally upset that one of the first things they said was, We won. Who's we? And now we have more flexibility to do what we want to do. What does that mean? That's not why you won. But one of the main jobs of the president is only to protect the borders of the people who are in the states who elect representatives to fill their needs on both sides of the aisle so that there's some kind of moderation so that we get things done. Not to issue over a thousand executive orders because you want to bypass those representatives of the people and decide for yourself, among your little group there in the White House, what's right for everyone because you won. And just knowing that should make you not want to vote for this man. I mean, that would be like, I don't care, living in a household and you have some controlling narcissistic jerk who is in charge of the household. And all of you kids and all of you uncles and aunts and all of you are in that household and none of you want to... Um, Paint the house yellow. And you vote no. And you keep voting no. So he just goes out and gets the yellow paint and gets the contractors and steals your money to pay for them and says, too bad, I think it's better if it's yellow. And then what? Do you scream and holler and clap for him and cry? Or do you say, no, 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 we didn't say that. And he says, too bad, I'm doing it for your own good. And everyone else... In some other country has yellow houses, so we should too, to level the playing field and make us all alike. Everybody in Europe has them, so why don't you want one? Think about it. Go back to your own little homes and your own little families and try to institute some of these policies within your own walls. It's like immigration, what I always say. You think that we should have open borders? Open your doors first. You think everybody should have free choice until it comes to the government choosing for you. Well, the government chooses that everyone should have abortions, even if it's nine months. Put them up on the shelf and let them die. That Obama has said and is in print. It's in video, so it's not coming just for me. But that's okay, because you know you messed up, and for nine months you thought about it. So put it up on the shelf and let it die. <coughs> I don't <coughs> don't think that most people. Um, when you really talk to them one-on-one, agree with that. But then, they well, no, I'm pro-choice. It's, you know, a woman should have control over her own body. Yes, she should. Let's go back to that first. Why are women out there messing with everybody anyway? Women have a higher energy system, are more connected to the earth and to God in many ways than men are. And that's why men used to keep them up on pedestals. That's why they were a commodity and men bought and sold them like slaves. And not black slaves. It was blacks who sold black slaves. Not white men who did that. But that's, I mean, they were, they were revered, honored. They were respected until the women's movement. Now, I was part of the women's movement because, again, I'm a, I'm a moderate conservative. I didn't get along too well with all the groups I was part of because they were radical leftists, and some of them were even Marxist feminists. So, of course, we're not friends and we couldn't stay friends. It's impossible. Our whole way of looking at the world was different. But I believe that because if you're a strong woman, which you should be because you are a woman, that you have choices. And so you can choose to go out and have sex with every man in the world. And if you get pregnant, you can choose what happens. But the first choice should have been the first one. What are you doing? Why are you out there offering your body, giving away your power to every man who comes along? Women are so powerful. They don't understand how powerful they are, what their energy does to this planet. And yet they're out there just, you know, I want some too and and let's promote Viagra. Oh my God. I mean, I have, if, if I have to sound like anyone else, I've been more ashamed of women over the last 10 years than I ever was. And I love women. But. The way they act now, and they can blame it on religion, and they can blame it on their fathers and their mothers and who did what. No, 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 no. I don't care what happened to you. I don't care what your past is. I don't think a lot of pasts are very good, but I don't care what your past is. You have a choice right now to respect yourself. If you can only do that, start with self-respect. It won't hurt you it'll let you look in that mirror and be a little more powerful and then hold on to that power Then you know the first guy that comes along says oh I want you to do this and if you don't do this it's like okay because maybe you'll take care of me you just gave away all your power and so all those women at the Democratic Convention last night just oh I'm crying It's my he's going to take care of me give away your power and then hopefully when you get in a group you think you get in a, in a mob or whatever you get your power back <clears throat> nope doesn't work that way you're gonna lose so I've been to both I've listened to both and one of the things that hit me the most besides the fundamentally change the United States of America in 2008 was what Obama finished on last night and after he called on everyone and said no I didn't do it you did it you did the change and you're the hope and we're gonna bring back all the troops from all these bad wars although they're getting killed more now than they ever were because of the rules of engagement in Afghanistan and what we did to Iraq, by the way we got out of there. Uh, You know, I've got more friends dying now than I did a few years ago. So anyway, we're going to bring them all back and then we're going to start nation building at home. Now all of you people who are military or, or any are part of any part of the military, you know wives or kids or husbands or whatever, you know what that statement means. A nation does nation building when they have destroyed and/or overtaken a nation, and they bring in all the troops and they bring in all of the you know people who are like-minded and they rebuild that nation. Nobody really heard it. I checked Twitter and all the other social networks and I checked the newspapers this morning and I listened to the radio and the television. I I don't see anybody really clamping down on this nation-building-at-home statement, just like they missed the whole thing back in 2008 that we were going to fundamentally change the United States of America. So I cannot emphasize this enough. He told you his plan, and the whole country missed it. His plan is to continue using you, you people out there crying and blacks and Hispanics and whoever else believes in in the handouts and the big government, continue using you to continue overtaking the Republic, the United States, America. And when we're done, then we can start nation building right here we can build it the way we think is best for you now that means you all have to move out of your houses that were cheap for a while because we gave them to you i know that because you believe in me you'll do that you'll move and you'll go where we tell you to go we're going to build some you know pretty cheap high rises in, in hurricane and tornado territory right next to our windmills and uh we'll put you up there and have elevators don't worry and those elevators will go right down to the ground, and you can take little cheap transportation like bikes or your feet or cars that get 55 miles a gallon. If you can afford them, they'll only be about $90,000, $100,000, whatever by then. Um, and you can drive a mile or three miles or five miles, whatever it's going to be. And you can go to work where we tell you to work. And we'll, nobody will make more than anyone else. It doesn't matter how hard you work, but you better work hard or we're going to make you work harder. And well, Mrs. Obama told you that three years ago. Rock's not going to let you get away with anything. He's going to make you work hard. So you can work harder if you're not working hard enough, but it doesn't matter if you work harder because we're all going to make the same, which is just enough to get by, but we'll all feel good because everybody has the same. Then you can get back into whatever transportation you use to get there, whether it's your feeder or bike or car or bus that over overflowing with everybody hanging off the sides. I've been in Chile. I've seen that. And you can go back to your high rise and go up in the elevator and, eat what we tell you to eat and I'll tell you what if you you got too many girls that aren't doing anything we'll get rid of them and if we don't like what you're feeding them because you went out and bought them something extra with a little bit of money we gave you we'll take them away and the food away because we know what's best for you and we're gonna do that and there's my hope he says my hope is in you and everybody claps because I'm not just a candidate anymore I am the president which is a stolen line from some movie, I forgot what it is. Um, And everybody clapped and cheered because he said that. Not because of who or what he's done, who he is or what he's done, or or even understanding what he's done, which is going to take us forever to recover from, but because he's a black man who knows how to talk. He's so cool on the outside, but he's got fire in his heart. That's what uh, Biden said. Oh, and a spine of steel, right? Well, guess what? I got a spine of steel, too. And my heart is on fire for my country because he wants to fundamentally change and continue to change the country I grew up in. And he's going to use all of you dummies to do that and then nation build at home. So we can build more mosques. We already have more than 290 of them in the United States, all over the place, which are usually fronts for everything else. I don't even want to hear it from anybody anymore. Um, We can make sure that we only grow the kind of food we want people to eat and uh, charge them for it anyway, even if you're growing it yourself. I mean, you can't even collect rainwater in some places, which comes from God without being taxed or fined for doing it. People don't even realize that. If you try to grow your own vegetables with the new EPA regulations and bills that are coming through Congress now that nobody's reading, don't get caught. If you have more than three tomatoes and you're only supposed to have three, you will not only have your tomatoes confiscated, but you will be fined per tomato. If you take supplements because you can't even afford to grow your own food or you don't live in a place where you think you can, forget that because those don't go through the right... Regulatory agencies either, so we'd rather fill you full of chemicals than let you take your own supplements that come from food, which comes from God. So he can talk about certain inalienable rights which he could not even state because he doesn't know what they are. He used the right words this time because two and a half years ago he he uh, didn't understand that they were inalienable rights from God or the Creator, and then he misspoke this constitutional president and said that <clears throat> some of our our rights that come from the Constitution, actually, uh, he said he was quoting the Declaration of Independence, but that's how smart he is. I mean, he's so brilliant. He stays up all night, according to Michelle, and just reads and reads everything and all of his briefing books. And But he can't go to a jobs meeting for over a year. And he didn't speak to a Republican for 14 months. And uh, his Congress, his Senate has not passed a budget in three and a half years. But we're busy. We're very busy, and we want to keep on going the way we're going. And we want your help, and we want you to feel that hope because we are going to change you, whether you like it or not. (sighs) That's just a summary, okay? Now, Romney and Ryan, I believe them more. I don't think that Romney has the best foreign policy ideas. So Obama did... He said, I'll rely on this person and that person and this general and that general, and then he screwed the general. Once he got the word from his puppeteers what he was supposed to do, then he changed his mind about how he was going to rely on who and when. Remember when he met with General McChrystal and sat down for 15 minutes or something like that? And then he was relieved. Um, And the strategy changed because his little backers said, no, we want to do this instead. This is what's more important. So he can talk about Romney doesn't have foreign policy experience. No, but he has American experience. And so now the leftists will say, yeah, but American experience with foreign policy is so imperialistic. Well, I partly agree with you. There's where my politics come in. I don't believe we should just hop into any country, especially without congressional approval. Well, Bush did it without congressional approval. That's not true. He went to Congress twice. Obama did it without congressional approval. He jumped in to Libya without approval. But you didn't say anything then, did you? Because you figured it would be a fast war. Okay. And when uh, we got into Vietnam years ago, which president got us there? Think about it. Which party? Think about it. Do you know that every war we've ever had was actually started by a democratic ideology and has nothing to do with um, what people thought the war was about to begin with? <laughs> and it's usually Republicans that get us out of the wars. So, yeah, the war with Afghanistan, a little bit different because we got attacked. And, uh, but nobody jumped on FDR for the Japanese blowing up Pearl Harbor. That was okay. We could all enlist and go fight. But somebody rams a couple of airplanes into our buildings in the Pentagon and, and fortunately into the ground in Pennsylvania. And that's a war that we, we didn't pay for it. You know why we didn't pay for it? Because every time Bush went to Congress and asked for money, they wouldn't give it to him because they didn't want the war. They didn't want to defend what happened. Unless they could do a bill that attached all kinds of other expenses on it that they could fund. And then they would say, okay, you can have... 350 billion or whatever for your war if we can have 860 billion to save the ants in San Francisco or whatever they said I don't know and I don't care um, okay so the other thing Romney doesn't like is um, what they what are they attacking for oh, immigration uh, he doesn't believe that everybody who sneaks over the border no matter what age they are should be allowed to stay here and, and get all the benefits the other side does. Now, remember, Jimmy Carter was the one who took Social Security. It was supposed to be a trust fund. It opened it up and said to all illegal aliens that it is now available to you when you reach the age of 65, whether you paid a penny into it or stayed illegal or not. That's your money. That's my money. I can't even get out of Social Security what I need or put in, but they can. Okay, so Mitt Romney says, no, nah, I don't think that's fair. Well, I agree with him. I don't either. And we have the big Medicare thing. Obama took, he told you, he said, yes, I needed to take $815 billion for Medicare to help pay for Obamacare. And what you should know from Obamacare is what it says, Obama cares, where Medicare didn't. <clears throat> and Paul Ryan's plan takes $815 billion and puts it into a voucher program that continues to pay into Medicare while changing the health care system so that doctors can lower their costs and maybe even we can get to the point where we have health insurance that goes across the borders and says, yeah, you can buy any kind now. Now we've got competition. That's going to depend on how hard people work to get the right House of Representatives and the right Senate in place. So what are the other issues? Let's see, jobs. Somebody said today, well, Romney wants to concentrate on energy and, and having you know being energy efficient at home so that we don't have to rely on anyone else, and that's not going to provide jobs. Oh, really? All right, so Obama said, oh, no, we've opened up millions of acres of land to drill. Well, the land that they first bought that they shouldn't have, that they opened up to everyone, doesn't have oil in it. So nobody wants to drill there. It's the states that are allowing the drilling, like North Dakota and Pennsylvania. The states are going and saying, we know where the oil is, we'll do this. And they're picking up some of the slack. All right, But the XL pipeline, that's, that's a million jobs right there. You, you clean up the Gulf Coast, which still has not been touched, and you've got oil right there. You stop the Lost Treaty, which would give everybody parts of our oil production and all of our secrets and we can drill and start selling to the Chinese. And of course, for the first 20 years, they wouldn't have to pay anything because we owe them so much. But our costs would go down and the number of people working and all the things that come from oil drilling and energy self-sufficiency would amount to probably 8 million jobs. Okay? Now that brings unemployment down to about 3%. You have to have some unemployment or else there's no competition. That's what happens in a republic under capitalism. Because otherwise, everybody's just so secure in their jobs, they don't work. So you have to have, you always have to have yin-yang kind of thing going on. But it's also changing all the time. It's fluid. So we get energy efficient. We get energy independent. And we don't have to give $2 billion to Brazil to drill under George Soros so that we can be their best customer. We don't have to worry about whether Iran and Saudi Arabia are fighting over oil fields. Because we have our own. And they can't use it to cause us any problems. All right, so, but, uh, gee, okay, so we have all these jobs, but there's no companies here, and they're moving really fast, and Romney outsourced everything. Well, the biggest thing I heard at the Democratic Convention was that Osama bin Laden is dead. That's Navy SEALs and Bush, thank you, not Obama. And GM is alive. GM got bailed out, still owes us $50 billion, $60 billion, excuse me, made more than $50 billion last year, paid no taxes, and outsources more than 86% of all the production of GM vehicles to China. GE. The man in charge of GE is in charge of what? What? Hello? Identifying and, and building and... Uh, Creating jobs in the United States. GE's jobs are all overseas and they don't pay any taxes. Uh, You know, you hear the little taglines and you scream and you holler and you cheer and you cry. Look behind the lines. The main one to look behind is the last thing Obama said. Let's begin nation building at home. America didn't understand in 2008. They still don't understand now. Nothing scares me more. Even Syria. Assad. The uh, general in Syria says, don't people understand. As bad as this regime is, if it falls and the Muslim Brotherhood takes over, that caliphate spreads throughout the rest of Europe. Now, Spain and Great Britain know what I'm talking about. So does... uh, uh, well, oh, well, doesn't matter. These are other countries that are involved, but um, <clears throat> anyway, they get probably the rest of the Middle East and Europe. <laughs> They're already here. They're not coming through the southern border as much as they are the other northern borders. Do you ever hear about that? Thousands and thousands. We had more than one hundred Muslim delegates at the Democratic Convention. My friend said, Well, who elects them? I said, It's on your ballot. Yeah, but I never know who they are. So I said, What do you do? I don't put a check mark there. I said, Fine. So you don't vote, that's a vote. Because all they needed was 200 people who knew who they were to put the check mark there. And believe me, grassroots organizing and this little network that they have, that's not hard. So you hear that, you know, Joe Schmo got elected as a delegate. To the Democratic Convention from your state, from your district, and you go, okay, whatever. You find out later who Joe Schmoe is. He should never have been there. I didn't vote for him. Do you even know his name? No. No. So we'll go back back down the microcosm again. The delegates that you're electing to go to these conventions, you saw them both. You saw them on both sides. You saw all of them. None of them represent me. Most of them don't. And then you look at your representatives for the House and Congress and, I mean, the Senate, and ask people, I ask people, do you know who your two senators are? They might know one because they used them once. They don't know the other. And who's the representative from your district? I don't know. Well, what did you do when you voted? I just went all the way down one side of the forum. You didn't care who? No. Then you don't care about your country. You have a duty as an American to not let Obama fundamentally change the United States' At all. You have a duty as an American to stop the fundamental overthrow of the greatest country in the world so that he can bring back everyone, including you that are being duped, to start nation building at home. You have a duty as an American. When do you think you're going to start? Because it's already just about too late. So the only way to start now is. November 6th, you better know who you're voting for and why. You better vote for America and not Islam or communism. And then the following elections, two years later, make sure you know who you're voting for because a lot of seats come up again in Congress. And two years after that, you have a presidential election again and more seats in Congress. And maybe over the next six to ten years, we can fix a good portion of what this man has destroyed and generations of Clintons, Carters, Johnsons, Wilsons, and Roosevelts have tried to destroy. If not now, it'll never be again. Please share this. Don't just listen to it and say like it or don't like it. Share it. It's easy to share. Just share it. And, you know, if somebody doesn't want to listen, that's their choice, isn't it? Just share it. Go to earthwalk We have a lot of information on there. Listen to these podcasts. Find me on Facebook. Find me on Twitter. This is Raina G. Thanks for listening.